Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Just a quick note on last week's episode with uh, Tom the Blacksmith. I mentioned that a Byzantine princess used a fork and later died of the plague. And I said I thought it was the Pope that announced it was God's punishment for her vanity. Uh, It was actually St. Peter Damien. So now you know. On with this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Will I Vike It? Today I'm joined by my special guest, which is Jen, of Draco's daughter and her glamorous assistant, Dwayne. Slash clothes model, I think we said. And chief taster, I think. As well. Chief taster as well. Well, you're going to taste stuff as well. Absolutely. We've got plenty of food to eat today, um, but we'll get to that in a bit. So first off, Jen, why don't you tell people what it is you do at Drucker's Daughter? So um, I work with textiles. So I started the sewing at a young age with my mum's help making clothes. And then when I joined the reenactment group... It was make your own kit, and once people find out you can sew, then that's something that you can help them with. And a few years ago, about four years ago, I started making to sell at events because I realised that if you make to sell at an event, then it's not just a money pit weekend. So there you are. <laughs> it's an expensive hobby, really. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah. A very worthwhile, awesome hobby, but it can be expensive. But it needs funding somehow. needs funding somehow. And so it's taken me on a massive journey, Craig. Um, I met Dwayne through reenactment. <laughs> and um, and yes, yourself. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and, and your lovely family. And... Um, learned loads from everyone who I meet about textiles and clothing and how to um, do heritage crafting as well. So yeah, it's been an awesome journey and it still continues. It does. Always learning as well. So you've brought some things along to show me today, which I believe you've got on the fire at the moment. Yes. So I thought with natural dyeing, there's a whole world spectrum of you could basically pick anything. Most hedgerow things will give a colour. It could be mostly yellow, sagey greens. However, some plants give a reliable colour all the time. And we've got our native species nettle. I've got some examples we can have a look at in a moment. Nettles, interestingly, did you know they are an indigenous species because we've got evidence of nettle cordage on a arrowhead at Taunton Museum yeah. and also at Must Farm there was cauldron found with some nettles and other soupy type ingredients in as well. Sure, it's a culinary ingredient. It's a, a culinary <laughs> ingredient as well. Yeah. Um, and 
you can get the most delicious greens from nettles at different times of the year. And then the other one I've brought along to have a look at is walnut, where you can use every part of the walnut plant. But I've got bark here, leaves, and some of the husks from around the shell itself. So they all create different types of brown and walnuts brought in by the Romans, along with sweet chestnuts and things like that. And um, did you know, I always think they look like little brains is what I tell people, but the walnuts thought they looked like testicles. So they called them jugglins, as in Jupiter's balls. Lovely. They are. Yeah. That's my uh, walnut fact for you. <laughs> have you tried them pickled? No, I have not tried oh, jugglins. It's one you can buy from. <laughs> Buy from Morrison's, if you like. <laughs> I'm not a massive pickled fan. I might, I might swing drain that way. I should have brought some today, but. Uh, have you tried pickled walnuts too? No. no. They are. They want his list. Um, and when you're making them, you have to be really careful because they will stain everything. Yes. Ta-da! When you pickle them, is it the whole outside it's as well? The, the green, green bit the... as well. So you actually do them young when they're immature. Um, but yeah, they need soaking in brine and stuff. It, it's quite a big process. Is, isn't it? So it's just to look after some food that you might later eat or maybe not like. If you're hungry. <laughs> if you're hungry. Maybe. <laughs> so shall we move over to the fire and show people what you've been doing today? Let's. So what have we got in the pots, Jen? So we've got some walnut leaves that I shredded, boiled up and then strained out the leaf pieces because you don't want leaf pieces on your on your wool craig you don't want that and the heat again adds helps to fix the coloring so we can see it's turning a tiny bit orangey kind of golden brown yeah so more time will add a darker color and the same with the nettles and um, with nettles you have to steep them overnight so you take the nettle tips again cut them up really small yeah pour boiling water over them leave them come back um, then heat them gently and not too much because you can actually kill the pigment and it will go brown but something's happened to mine where the nettles i gathered from around my house i think the landlord might have sprayed them with some kind of weed killer because my dress is the kind of color nettles should be going sagey greens or maybe a brighter green for spring nettles yeah rather than and we've got yeah it's gone like a blue so um so yeah, I'll just keep touching this weed killer type potion and yeah, hope it's not poisonous. Let's see, hope it's not poisonous. <laughs> but yeah, so about an hour or so to help really fix the, the colours in. Um, and you'll notice the dye vat going clearer and clearer and clearer. And if you can start to see the bottom of the pan, that's when you know you've kind of exhausted it, it's called. So you've got all the colour in that you're going to get really. Okay, nice. So you've got some examples to show us today of what they should look like as well do on the different parts of the trees and, and nettles as well yeah okay shall we move back over to our comfy bench away from the fire let's do that so jen what have we got in the baskets well the thing about natural dyeing sounds like the start of a song but anyway the thing about natural dyeing is i i think it all just coordinates i don't know how but you take something walnutty and something nettly maybe something woady like Rain's lovely leg wraps here and it all just matches because of the tones in it but anyway here's here's some of yon pieces of walnut so this is the color that the the leaves should come a lovely mustard nice brown one. yeah you've got darker browns from the bark colors and i even had a go at doing some linen which is quite quite difficult to dye 
And so I thought, well, brown, so it's just going to go brown. So kind of came out okay. And then even within the bark itself, depending on how your dye vat's set up yeah. and what water you're using, where you are in the country, you can get different tones and shades until you go right down to it's hardly dying at all. And therefore you've got, like I said before, an exhausted woad vat. My favourite thing at the moment is, as we were saying, the outside of the walnut husks, your green outsides. Yeah, these are, yeah, <laughs> are dried out and... Um, you can put them in the freezer as well to do natural dyeing with and then come back to them later. And then nettles. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and again, I tried to dye some linen, but it's not amazingly successful. But it is a colour. It's a colour. Um, I absolutely love spring nettles. Give you this really bright green. And then later in the season, you get deeper, sagier colours all the way down to, to um, dark, irony kind of greens. So, yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful spectrum of colours. Just um, from one plant. Just from one really plant. Good. So what do you use these for? So um, primarily at the moment for my workshops, my natural dye, uh, sorry, my tablet weaving workshops, where people will get a couple of skeins of some naturally dyed and they then are doing a piece of 9th century tablet weaving with it. They've got a couple of patterns to choose from. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to do more naturally dyed belts and things to put on my store. Like this one is um, a 10th century pattern. And yeah, I'd love it in the future if my store was full of like naturally dyed products. Imagine this. It's like a pick and mix <laughs> of barks and things. And you come with your little scoop. There'll be a little way thing. Yeah. And you get a little plate bag and Dwayne goes like this. Like a greengrocer. I think it'd be great. Nine pound a pound. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to think of some phrases to yell out. Yeah. Get your weld here. Whatever it is. So, yeah, it's good fun. It's a journey, yeah. as most things are. Much like your journey, Craig. Much like my journey, yeah. yeah. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. <laughs> so when you're doing this and you're at your shows, you're obviously quite busy. So we've had a bit of a pre-chat and you were saying that you never have time to cook your lunch. So I thought I'd bring along a few things, give you some ideas of things you could make at home or even get in the supermarket. And uh, we'll get you to try a few things. This is awesome. And we'll see what you like or what you like <laughs> and what you don't like. And uh, maybe some of them will make it to an event and people will see you come to buy some of your stuff. And at the <laughs> same time go, oh, look, she's eating that thing that Craig told her to make. It also came from a chat a member of the public said when we were at Hastings and we were in the living history and all we had was like apples and cheese. <laughs> and she was like, you haven't got much. And we went, no, <laughs> we've eaten it all. Poor traders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pre-conquest, post-conquest even. Oh, yes. What's so excuse? We'll, yeah. um, we'll start with a walnut and honey bread, being as we're talking about walnuts. That sound good? You talk my language now. Yeah. I'm going to have to cut it on. Not pickled bit. walnuts, Craig. No, no, these aren't pickled. Although you could have pickled if you've got a local supermarket that sells that sort of thing. They do a lot of pickling in Viking Age, Saxon Age. Lots of preserving things. So sometimes in vinegar or yeah. salt. Yeah. Um, you can use whey from cheese making. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of different things. I've got a couple of pickled things you can try in a minute. Yay! <laughs> the aim would always be to try and make your food last all year round, wouldn't it? So 
force, yeah. So any way of presenting is going to be important. Do you like the end bit or do you want to... Oh, I love uh, an end bit, I do. Oh, I love a crust. I should have got a non-wobbly table for this. I say table. For what? This is a really high budget production, you see. We're using a, a bench as a table. It's going to be watched by like... Not like dual Tens of people. <laughs> It's like the origins of Ikea right here. Ikea. <laughs> Scandi origins. So we've got a bit of bread. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, if you want to have a go. Um, well, I could grab, if you want a bit of cheese on it, I've got some nice cheese. Well, you can just try it as is. We might just dive in, dive in. Dive in. Do you want a bit? Okay. Have a bit. Go for it. Thank you. Oh, nice big chunks of walnut in there, isn't it? Yeah, so bread would be a bit of a more luxury item for the Viking time. Mm. So it depends what status that you're you're going for really because to make it you need an oven and they would have had clay ovens uh, but most people are probably making little flatbreads that you'd cook on the fire but really you want to make those fresh i so did this... wonder that what about yeast what about yeast so you've got um things like um beer dregs mm. like the sludge from the bottom of making beer you can use that as a, a leavening agent or even like a sourdough starter so just flour and water and you've got yeast in the air and they'll naturally just start to ferment. And that's what gives you that nice mm. kind of airy texture to the bread, so it's not too dense. It is. So what sort of flowers in this one? Uh, this is just a wholemeal. It's really nice. It's really nice. Bit of honey, which mm. maybe they wouldn't have done. Um, it's one of those things we think honey was probably quite an expensive commodity that they maybe kept just for making meads rather than for flavouring food and things. But modern tastes like sweet things, so sometimes we add it to bread. Can I ask a silly question about mead making? When you've made mead, does all the honey like disappears into the vat? You don't get anything left over. So you can't use it again. The honey itself is gone. It's still in the mead. It's still in the mead. Mm. It doesn't go anywhere. Basically, what happens? You'll um, the yeast come along mm. and they feed on the sugar. Mm, on the sugar. And when they eat the sugar. They kind of excrete alcohol. Uh, yeah. So they turn the, the sugar part of the honey into the alcohol. So depending on the, you can use things like heather honey to get different notes through the mead as well. But then the he I guess that's what I mean. So the heather bits, you would strain them out and then whatever's left is the heather honey. You wouldn't leave bits of heather in your mead, would you? We use a heather honey. So it's a honey. Heather honey. Yeah. So you get heather honey. It's quite expensive. It's glad I'm asking these questions, <laughs> aren't I? Heather honey is is um, basically the bees are fed on heather. Got it. And so the honey they produce tastes of heather. Um, I think, um, oh, what's it? The um, the little yellow flowers we get, rapeseed. Mm. I think if bees, and I'm not a beekeeper, I've got one coming on soon that can answer this, but I believe that bees that feed on rapeseed are what makes set honey. So it changes the texture of it. Really? Yeah. Oh. And so depending on what you feed your bees on depends on what the end product is. That's very interesting. Yes. But as I say, I have got a beekeeper I'm going to be talking to soon and he'll probably be able to answer everything that you need to know on that. I'll, I'll think of some more questions then and I'll... I'll Send them my way. That's fine. That is delicious though. And the, her honey just sort of raises it. I, I've got a very sweet tooth. Yeah. So anything with honey in as a nice substitute brilliant 
Mm. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Right, so if you want something a bit more substantial to go with that, then things like dried meat. So I've made some jerky. Mm. Um, so this one is made from venison. Oh, wow. Thinly sliced. Um, I say jerky, it's almost between biltong and jerky. Um, What's the difference? Testing, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of things that take a massive amount of chewing, Craig. When I eat, it's got to be, you know, going in. Uh, I, I forget which way around this goes, right? So one of them is is um, dried naturally and one of them is dried with heat. Oh, okay, yeah. I believe that the one that's dried naturally is first basically cooked in a vinegar solution. Oh, wow. Because if you put meat into vinegar, it sort of semi-cooks it. You can do it with fish and lemon juice and things. Um, Steak tartar. Oh, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Um, so mine yeah, is kind I... of a cross between the two because it's been put into a honey and vinegar solution. Oh, wow. Bit of salt, bit of pepper, some juniper berries. Um, and so it's semi-cooked. And then I tend to dry it out, usually under the firebox. Whilst I'm at a show, just leave it out there for the day and that dries it really well. But you can do it in an oven at home. Just to let, lay it out in strips so they don't touch and then like... Yeah, literally. and in the summer you have to be really careful because wasps love it. Oh, I bet if you put and loads of it. honey. Do they? Mm. Oh, they love mint. We left some out at an event earlier this year. Mm. I think it was outside the back of the Saxon Hall at Butzer. Yeah. And uh, came back and it was covered in wasps and all the meat had holes in it. Oh, yeah. 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 Wait, so I don't is... have the best teeth in the world is why I don't like, like chewing loads. So, the, yeah, so this one is venison, but um, obviously it works with things like beef as well. Uh, yeah, red meats. So. Yeah, and if you haven't got time, you can buy jerky from the supermarket. No one's going to know. Take another packet beforehand. Lovely. That sounds um, like a good yeah, plan. Yeah, if you want to have a go on a... Thank you. Thank you. I'll join you for a little piece. Is it always red meat? So rabbit? Rabbit? Don't know about rabbit jerky. I guess you could. I think most meats... As long as you dry them out, tends to be done with beef and, and venison. I can taste juniper berries, I think. Oh, it's very really nice. It's got um, homemade vinegar as well, so it's quite an apple Yes, vinegar, it is, isn't it? Oh, that's very nice. I tell you, that keep me quiet for a little while. <laughs> That'd be a good thing. So again, they would have been preserving stuff like this, but possibly... You could just chuck this into a stew. If you're cooking a stew, oh, it would then like rehydrate in the stew. Mm. Um, so, you know, we can't necessarily say they were eating it in this form. Maybe as traveling, you know, a traveling merchant like yourself, then perfect. Or but yeah, chuck it into a pot. Mm. You don't need, you know, refrigeration or anything. So it's a really good one. I mean, that'd be good in our van because we, we, we've got electrics in our van still. Okay. <laughs> Right, I like that a lot. You like that one? Mm. I like it. <laughs> so shall we stick with the meat theme and go on to some um, pickled things? I mean, why not? You look unsure about this one. I should have grabbed a fork before we did this because Emma's taken it to the washroom. Emma, she's doing a great job. Right, Cheers. what can we do? Do you want to... Well, I'll use my fork. Want... Should we grab that chopping board over there? Just grab for your fingers and eat it. Split in half if you want to, because you want to be keen on this one way. I'm going to admit up front, 
I don't really like tongue. It's better fresh, like freshly cooked rather than preserved, to be honest. But how many this... stars do we get for doing this? <laughs> it's fine. It's just not. It's not bad. It's like a kind of really soft texture. I'm just going to break a little bit of vinegary. I'll join you, despite saying I don't like it, but, you know. It doesn't taste you... strong at all. The jerky's a lot stronger flavour. It's quite sort of... Yeah, I mean, tender. having had, like, pickled herring raw malt, the texture is quite similar to that. They kind yeah. of softened in the, in the vinegar solution. Yeah. It's fine. I, the issue I have with tongue is that I've got a tongue. And it's a psychological yeah. thing. That's tongue. <laughs> no? no, I kind of. I'm going to give that oh, one tongue. one vike thumb. One vike. Hang on. So we've got a number rating that's coming halfway through here. That's what's happening. My, the bread was was a was a two two thumbs a two thumbs vike hmm. jerky two thumbs. No, I would, I would definitely give the Dwayne's. the thumbs thumbs up to the the tongue. I'm quite what happy. Would you have that on a bit of bread with a bit of cheese, mate? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So that was so the tongue has to be pre-cooked first. So it's basically slow stewed with some veg and stuff, put carrots, parsnips, onions, leeks. Nice. Um, and then when it's finished, you let it cool down, and you have to peel the tongue. It's got a lovely white like a stocking over it. And you pull that off, slice it up, and then you mix the solution is sort of fifty percent vinegar to the sort of stock from your stew. Mm. Mix them together, pour it over, and leave it for at least a week before you eat it. So that's the thing, isn't it? So, yeah, when we're at home, we can do prepping in the weeks, but that will last a long time now, won't it? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that that will spoil. That will just mm. it's obviously, it'll keep it in a jar the for modern convenience. Turkey. They probably would have kept it in a pot or something. Um, yeah. I think there's evidence that they put, like, wax seal tops on things, but modern convenience. Go into your tent at a show, don't you? Get the food out, put it in bowls and bring it out and no one knows any different. <laughs> Behind the scene. But yeah, so both of these things then would last a long time yep. somewhere. So, because uh, like October, we had an event every weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We were doing something. So it's nice to not have to do something every weekend, but to have things that you can come back I mean, how, how quickly are you going to get through a whole jar of tongue? And that's oh, one, that's one, that's one ox tongue. I mean, so I'd like last... to take my time and really enjoy every mouthful, definitely. That's going to last you a few shows at least, isn't it? So, uh, you know, you, and once you stick it in a pot to boil, you can get on with other stuff, can't you? So it actually doesn't yeah. take a long time to make it. I wouldn't trust myself to do it as nicely as you've done it, but because um, there'd be like some practice tongue. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So if you've got less time and you need to go to, let's say, the Sons of Morris. No, no. <laughs> you know, as a trader. Morris um, <laughs> <laughs> um, There are some things that we found earlier in the summer. We couldn't have a fire at an event. We were only told the day before. So we yes. rushed off to the supermarket. What can we buy to demonstrate food? Um, and one of the things we picked up was roll mop herrings. These aren't 100% authentic. Um, there is a recipe in one of my books for a pickled herring though, mm. so you can do it authentically. But if you haven't got time before a show and you just want some extra table nibbles for lunch, this is a good option. Are you up for eating some? I can't claim to have. 
I'll try a little bit of Dwayne. You've already said Dwayne will be like there, straight in there. He'll be like, yeah, I can, I can eat these until the cows come home. Bit hanging out. That's onion. Onion. Yeah. Um, these, as I say, these won't be authentic as such. Um, Just got them. They're not too bad. They've got sugar in. Eat the skin, do you? Eat everything. Sugar and gherkins are the only things you couldn't really have. I think if you fish your gherkins out before anyone sees it. I really don't. Yeah, I'm not a gherkins. Yeah. The same in the uh, the farmers. Uh, place where you go to get the food really quickly. I don't know. The, the, only, the only problem is with this is that there's no pretty way of eating it. Demonstrate. That is not as bad as I thought it would be. Having spoke to Tom the blacksmith on a previous episode. Oh, I know Tom. You know Tom. Do you know Tom? He knows Tom. Everyone knows, knows Tom. Tom. And everyone that's watched the videos will have seen Tom actually tell us about manners and eating in the period. Um, oh. and how things are pre-cut pre to a size where they would just go straight in your mouth. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So rather than having, as Dwayne's got, a nice big piece, you'd actually have things cut into pieces that would pop in your mouth. Okay, so that is not as bad as I thought it would be. It's quite sweet. It's very sweet. That's the... What um, makes it sweet? Something in the picture? There's sugar in this particular one. So as I say, these aren't actually authentic for the time. Yeah, just something you could get away with as a quick fix at an event. And You're busy. As, yeah. It's not as fishy as I thought it would be. They're more vinegary than fishy, yeah. I'd say. Um, I like that. Slightly jellyish texture. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like um, we had some really bad smelling fish cakes the other day. They weren't off, they just, the fish was like, and that's all right. That's all right, that. I'm all right with that. Do you know where I come from? In East Anglia, Great Yarmouth used to be like the herring capital of England. People used to come from Scotland down to, they call them the herring girls or something like that. And they'd come down to Yarmouth um, specifically to gut and skin herring all like season long while yeah. they were coming in. Yeah. Turning the waters and the iridescent mm. um, oily colour. Yeah, and loads of smokehouses as well, but mostly just processing. Fish, fish, fish. Wow. Yeah. So we'll move on to some um, other bits. We can get into some sweeter dishes as well. Nice. So you can have a bit of pudding with your lunch. Oh, he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've just, as I've moved that, I realised actually there's three things in this bowl that you can try. So we've got some crisp bread, which are basically discs of bread that have been dried out. I did these in the oven just for convenience. You can do it, you know, near a fire with the heat of your fire, um, but obviously pre-show prep. Yep. Use an oven if you've got one, modern convenience. We've got some oat cakes yep. with some fermented wild garlic. Uh, and then we've got some honey and oat cakes. So again, with the honey, bit of a luxury item, possibly not used for that, but we do like to make them ocean-like sweet food, obviously. So we need to make plenty of food. You've got a five-year-old running around, wants to eat food. She it always needs sugar. So we make those as well. And these, as I say, most of this is stuff I would normally do for an event anyway. So mm. this was perfect for... So yeah, if you want to... Um... So what sort of flour is it again, Clay? Those are wholemeal flour. Do you want to go halfsies? No. He wants so his own. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's kind of like a pit. It's gone a bit like a pitta, but... They do puff up slightly, yeah. yeah. There's a newer version I've started making where I use um, sourdough. Oh. Mix some flour with sourdough and just bake it as it is with a bit of salt. I do like sourdough. 
and they're they're very tasty. That's lovely. It's got like um, what's this one got in it? This is a caraway seed. Mmm, I could taste something. I think it's often confused, um, sort of in the record as cumin. Mm. You often see people mention cumin. I think I've done it myself, to be honest. I think if you look in my first book, there's cumin, but caraway is more likely to be what what would have been available. And that, and because it's dried, does that last? That yeah, long? I mean, I tend to store them in takeaway containers just to keep yeah. them fresh. Um, yeah. But realistically, they're going to keep relatively well for a while, as long as no moisture gets to them. Yeah, they're stale. A couple of weeks. If you were doing a, a couple yeah. of weekends in a row. Yeah. I mean, often when I make them, there's enough people in our group that they just disappear. Yeah. They last two days if I ration them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? Putting out little bits and... yeah. They're good with up. a bit of cheese. Yeah. I've got my favourite cheese over there. Do you want some? Yeah. Oh, is it your favourite? It is my favourite. Oh. Do you want some? I've got to try some of my favourite cheese. All right, then. This one there. Why is it your favourite cheese then, Frank? This is a goat's cheese. Um, and it's just really tasty. And it's good with the crackers. Mm. So, it's, yeah. The leaves, they make this in Gloucestershire, but I actually buy it from Avebury, the goat farm. And I was driving past and I couldn't resist buying some. And a lot of people are put off by this because it's black. Oh. So. This is called Brightwell Ash. Yeah. And that's an edible mould, but a lot of people, they sell it at markets and things and they get people phoning up to complain that their cheese was barley. But just like Stilton, isn't it? Yeah. Like the way it's got yeah. an edible mould. So would the Vikings have had edible mould in their cheese, do you reckon? Do you know? I couldn't tell you that one. I don't know the answer to that one. I mean, we make soft cheeses, which yes. don't keep for very long, yeah. you know, milk. Some kind of acid like vinegar mm. or um, sour buttermilk, mm -hmm. and you make the cheese that way. Um, and I've made hard cheeses as well. You can make them from yogurt and things, and press them until they go really dry. But then this is sort of the middle ground, so I'm not sure yeah. on that one. Yeah, Wouldn't like to say. Here we make the, the cheese with the kids here um, at the technology centre where we've got um... got a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're making a crisp sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, where we just put a bit of vinegar into some full fat milk. Full fat milk to yeah. make it, yeah, to make yeah. the curds separate. That's it. Whoa! Very goaty. Very goaty. But in a nice way. Nicely goat. Mm. <laughs> Amazing cheese. Mm. So, yeah, not sponsored by them, but. <laughs> But it could be. Oh, imagine that. Sponsored by goats. Sponsored by mouldy cheese. Hmm. That really is the best. That's really nice. They so say they don't actually make it at Avebury. They've got goats which are for uh, meat. Actually, someone mm. else I've spoke to about getting on my podcast. Oh, nice. Get a goat farmer on. Yeah, there's yeah. one down here, isn't there? Craig. Um, Craig. Uh, Dwayne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Ooh. when you drive past in the car, they all go, Whoa. Oh, in a big herd. Ooh. Well, it's also a llama farm down the road, too. Yeah. Is that the one where you can walk? Go for, oh, is it alpacas? You can go for a walk with them. I think it's the alpacas. Um, what do they do with the llamas, then? 
shave them. I should just shave them. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I think in some countries they eat them. Yeah. Don't There's sound to see it on the menu here. <laughs> I mean, in Bolivia, they would use the milk too. Yes. There's some South American animal that's between a llama and an alpaca, and it's wild. And every two or three years, they herd them to gather the fleece. And it's so rare, it's almost worth more than gold type jobby. So, yeah, but they're just run around wild. I'll give you one of the oat cakes to try, which are these ones so these here. ones with so wild these garlic. these are fermented wild garlic, which is how I can use wild garlic. Mm. He wants a whole one. <laughs> <laughs> because we wouldn't have wild garlic this time of year. So no. back in the spring, I got some, yeah. sprinkled it with a bit of salt. Yeah. Um, and you get like a lacto-fermentation yeah. going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've got jars of the stuff. You open the cupboards at home and you just get hit by wild garlic. That's lovely. I tried to find somewhere around here that had wild garlic, but I think I might have to do some stealth planting. Like, that's obviously a native species. It is native, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to get more native species around the ATC. Yeah. Like, we don't have a juniper bush either. Is that I, native or is that Roman? I believe it's native. I tried to grow some. Do you want some cheese? I'm right, thanks. Okay. Um, I tried to grow one and, and it died quite quickly. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. So I don't sorry know. for your Yeah. And sloes. I haven't seen hardly any slowberries this year. I planted some bushes three years ago in our garden and they're still tiny. Mm. So I tend to just go out and forage them. We've got some up here, Craig. We're going to get rid of them. You want to have a look? They might be bigger. They might not be. But I might try and again move them somewhere so they kind of stay. So they don't get yeah, totally done in. Um the other one that I had, but unfortunately it hasn't survived, is um uh, the orange berries where you squish them. Sea buckthorn. Oh yeah. 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 That's a nine age one, but um and they're really sweet and you can make lots of like Liqueurs and things from them. Aren't they really sharp too? Sometimes? Yeah. Yes. Lots of vitamin C, more vitamin C than your citrus fruits. Absolutely. So, yeah. How I to think kale healthy. does as well, though, doesn't it? Mm. Kale's really high in vitamin C. Yeah. Yeah. Popeye got it wrong. He did. So, and then we've got, and they're rather large, I must say. So, these are honey and oat cakes. They're wow. very impressive. Mutual friend Caroline Nicolai makes something very similar to this. Is it just oats and honey, or have you put flour in as well? Um, there's butter. Um, <laughs> lots and lots, lots of butter. Lots of butter. Um, yeah, honey, oats. Sometimes I chuck a bit of chopped apple in there. Uh, one time I chucked some hazelnuts in. That's nice. Just Yeah, it's one of those. It's a bit like a you know, Viking Age flapjack. Love it. There's a nice bit of pudding after like we've it. had your lunch. I like it very much. Mostly, see, it's all quite dry stuff as well. So if you're like talking to the public and trying to trade. It takes a lot of energy to talk to the public, doesn't it? It's, been, <laughs> it's a lot of energy. We do love it. We absolutely love it. But gosh, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, we're always knackered at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. So do you think any of these would be useful to mm. your events? 100%. Meat, definitely. 
fish I've been transformed by. Bread, 100%. Cakes and breads that you can dry. And you've got some dried apple heart. Oh, we there. didn't mention That's the dried apples. Yeah, so they're just sliced and dried. You can either air dry them or do it in the oven. Um, I do, for events, just tend to use crab apples because they're a lot smaller and a lot closer to the native variety yeah. that they would have had. And they're really good as well if you want a quick cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Put a few bits of crab apple into a cup, maybe some wild strawberries, pour some hot water over, and a lovely cuppa. Has it got caffeine in though? No. Oh, nice. I, and this crab apple's quite sharp. They are, which is why I'd normally add some wild strawberries or something to it. So to wrap up the episode, I've got a few questions that I've been asking everyone. Sure. So have you got a dream? Have you got a dream project? If you had a limitless budget, what would you want to do with it? I think make an amazing historic textile centre. So you could see the plants growing. Yeah. You could wander around all old herbs and dying plants, maybe medicinal plants, all from, from multi-periods. Yeah. Um, you could harvest it. You could go to the shop and buy it. Pick a mix. Uh, you could um, have a go with loads of different workshops in different like, barn areas, lots of stuff going on. Stuff to engage the kids as well. Um, so not so much as a museum centre, more like a living history um, kind of centre, much like they have in Norway, you know, where the village is just lived in all the time. And, yeah. What would you do, sweetie? Uh, I think, yeah, just... How to get myself a longhouse, load it up a bit. Just buy the NPC. <laughs> ah, I, I, need I need a, a big chair. <laughs> big, big chair to go in there too. A throne of some sort. Oh, some fancy fancy clothing and load it up a bit. Soon. <laughs> but Go on. But yeah, I'll just yeah. have a long, I'll just have a long haul, chill out with my friends, have a few drinks, have a good meal. Sounds nice. Joy like. Oh, it's dead like in. Uh, have you been to? We went to um, the games workshop headquarters. Was that? A Warhammer World. Warhammer World, and the the um, bar cafe in Warhammer World is like yeah. a medieval tavern. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Cool. Got to have at least a bit of that vibe going on somewhere. Book of grudges in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you think you could have survived on a Viking Age diet? Most definitely. With a few more vegetables thrown in, yeah, definitely. So they would have been largely vegetarians anyway for most of the year. Most of the meat would have been saved for winter. You keep your animals for your wool. Absolutely. Um, you keep your dairy products. Um, and then, yeah, so... You'd eat meat in the winter, really. So, yeah, a few more vegetables, maybe. Maybe that's something I need to start thinking about with displays. Because we've just got apples here. But we could do some pickled cabbage. Go down the pickled route again. Bit of sauerkraut type stuff. Yeah. You don't look keen. No. <laughs> just, um, I think I've reached my pickle limit for the year, but that's lovely. It's very nice. <laughs> so, is there a um, particular food? that you'd miss if you were living in the hostage? Probably loads, but probably um, chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. Definitely didn't have that. Shame. What about you, 
I don't really see anything that I really miss. I'm not a sweet tooth. I don't particularly need, overly need or enjoy sweet things. So I, I'd be happy with, with all of the fish, to be fair. Just fish. Diet Just, fish. Diet, so you need to be a Viking fisherman. Oh. I, 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 I don't think Jen would like me doing that, but <laughs> I, I could definitely, I could definitely do, do a bit of fish and do, do the fisherman job and bring in the catch. Thank you. Fish, fish, fish is lovely. Yeah. Just don't. What about like your shellfish? Shellfish. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I grew up around uh, Port Harbour, so shellfish is is up there. Yeah. Right, lots of fresh razor clams and mussels, mussels, scallops, whelks, whelks, yeah, periwinkles, like cockles. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. All right. Thanks for where, can, us. where can people find you online? Oh, so I'm on as Dracos um on Facebook, and there's a website in progress as well. Where will you find that? I guess you'll put it on Facebook. We'll put it on Facebook when it's launched. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And you? Um, <laughs> mostly on Facebook, or when I'm not out on a, in a field somewhere. On the battlefield. On the battlefield. <laughs> nice. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe, and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon, where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 